Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. For the horde! For the horde, foul magic. Foul magic. Screaming. Ah, Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> For sure, Team Shrek. Uh, hello, everyone. Oh, fuck, Shrek. we're rolling. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. We are rolling. To the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. They're listening. Welcome to our swamp. And with all the <laughs> the ogre talk, you may think we're talking about Shrek today, but we are not. That is not the case. I'm so that sorry. Is not. Unfortunately for everyone involved, we are not talking about Shrek. But Very apologetic. We here nevertheless. We are your hosts, the boys, in case you're wondering who was hosting in the title. I'm Taryn. <laughs> I'm Isaac. We talked about Castlevania, a good adaptation. Very well done adaptation. Beautiful. Hopefully you guys have seen that on Monday. Listen to it. But yeah, uh, we are talking about the worst adaptation probably. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, we'll discuss it, but... <laughs> definitely not the worst video game movie ever made by a large margin, but definitely not the best. <laughs> definitely not the best it's worst for this week for sure definitely the bad of this week but we're talking warcraft baby we're talking orcs and we're talking other things from warcraft i don't know i've never played the warcraft games uh disclaimer i've never played it either we we were very qualified as a normie perspective on warcraft a normie perspective yes but we hadn't played too much castlevania either by the time you know, we watched that's that true. show, yeah. and I think that's you know that's that's part of uh, should be part of the goal of you know a change in medium, is that you can seek out I a change so. in audience. Um, I think Castlevania, true, yes. the television show, did a very great right. job of that. I did. am a modern man, you know, a little Zoomer boy. Uh, the two D side scrolling genre was uh, it wasn't really on my <laughs> radar until I got a little older and got a little more into the history of the games that I enjoyed yeah. playing. And, you know, you learn a little more about that. You branch out genres a little bit. Branch out. You, uh, you know, buy the classics. Yeah, you start Super checking Nintendo out the classics, classics. and whatnot. And, and for... Get, get, like, simulators and stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For for a lot of people, you know, they might not have heard about the old Castlevania games or anything like that. Uh, why would you? If you, you know, own a modern game console and you can play games that look like fucking 4K movie... I was just playing Spider-Man this December, and I was like, why would I play any other video game ever when there's <laughs> True. Miles that's, Morales that's just good, came out? That's a good point, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, those change in mediums are a good way to get some older games, some beloved classics on the map for a newer audience, a newer newer uh, potential Me. player base, or even just people who, you know, fans of the the lore. Absolutely. Yes, we're interested in more in to lore. flesh out the world, this is which a lore channel. Castlevania definitely does. Great job of. But enough yeah, about Castlevania. We jerked that movie off for 45 minutes on Monday. We're here to talk about <laughs> how not to do everything Castlevania does. <laughs> and we're bringing you Warcraft, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Directed by Duncan Jones. He did... Um, Duncan Jones. David Bowie's son. David Bowie's Really? Hmm. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, very tragic with this movie, which we'll get into. We'll get but into yeah. it. But he's a pretty good action director. He did 2009's Moon. Um, he did 2011's Source mm. Code with, I think, Jake Gyllenhaal, was it? Oh, Source Code. Have you seen Source Code? Yeah. It was... I, I, I've seen a little bit of it, yeah. It was on the... It was a potential one 
for our time loop bonanza last month. It's in a different little way oh. to explore that that plot device, but source code, pretty pretty spicy yeah. time thriller. Uh, and then here we are now with 2016's Warcraft. And you and I, the first time we saw this movie, was uh, was in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I I was uh yeah it was 2016. I think I just yeah I was on like uh, Christmas break or something. <laughs> I want to say from Amda, from musical theater school. Go back, and then our good friend Lucas just suggests wonderful ogre simulator ogres yeah shrek film simulator warcraft to go see yes and we we paid and, you know, extra it, i mean to see it in imax know, it seemed interesting it's good it looked like it had good cgi it's like all right maybe this will be a fun action but man i just slowly sank in my seat the entire time I was like, oh my god what, why were we here why did we listen to him oh my god <laughs> It was so... Sorry, Lucas. We if just you're hated it. Listening to this. <laughs> yes. Well, our friend wanted to see it uh, because uh, the lead actor, um, Travis Fimmel, he's an Australian actor, and he is in a show our friend Lucas liked called the Vikings series on History Channel. He plays oh, Ragnar yeah. Lothbrook. Vikings, I hear, is a very good show. <laughs> At least the first few seasons, from what I've heard. But this is from the same guy who, mm. you know, wanted to see warcraft so take that with a grain of salt but her viking was great he was great in that and i was like all right and not to mention it is scored by none other than a god emperor himself your boy our your boy pacific rim dude king of kings ramin juandi i hope i didn't butcher that name yeah clash of the titans yes this is the guy who did clash of the titans soundtrack yeah. he did the pacific rim soundtrack he did the game of thrones soundtrack he's the only good part about yeah. fucking season eight of game of thrones is that it's a gorgeous soundtrack yeah. it's just like Oof. sex in my ear and let's <laughs> see you know oh he does it for westworld so he's done a lot of like big tv oh, westworld shows. Too. yeah nice. all those fancy you know western orchestral covers of like classic rock songs that's our boy my my president Ramin Juwandi. <laughs> he has our vote. Yes. The boys vote. So I was excited to see it for that. And that ended up being the main thing I enjoyed <laughs> in the movie as <laughs> the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the things wrong. Oh, man. But Warcraft, we'll run through it a little bit. Warcraft. For those who have mm. played World of Warcraft, the online MMO, it's been kicking since what? Like the 90s? That one came out. Yeah, 1994. 1994. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was looking at the gameplay of it, and all I could hear the entire time was "Yes, my lord." Yes, my yes, lord. Yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. I was like, I'm sure that was really cool in 1994, but God, if I had to sit through that and hear that <laughs> over and over again, it might just yes, my lord. Isaac, kill myself. Isaac as an Azeroth soldier would have fucking private piled the place. <laughs> yes, my lord. <laughs> yes, my lord. <laughs> in full metal jacket. <laughs> World of Warcraft, the 1994 MMORPG, still putting out content to this day. It is like the world's largest, world's biggest, uh, I forget what, the MMORPG, definitely, for sure. Oh, nice. This is, I'm sure up there with like the Old Republic and all Oh, that. yeah. This is the... Yeah, big, big MMO world. WoW is the game these nice. other games are based off of. Club Penguin fucking wishes it was World of Warcraft. It emulates <laughs> it in every way it possibly can. Without copyright infringement, RIP. gone but not forgotten. Beloved game, and obviously the fans have been wanting a movie for a while. Uh, Blizzard always yeah. puts out those, you know, beautiful cinematic trailers whenever they got some new content about to drop. And the the sweet, sweet lore behind the game, since mm. it has been kicking, you know, 
almost three decades now. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of storytelling. It's lived longer than we have. <laughs> this is lore older than us. This is true, <laughs> true history. And there are wow Arcaviuses around the world who you know make <laughs> probably entire YouTube careers just analyzing this shit, breaking it down. Yeah, just doing. I, I watched one like lore video. <laughs> it just reminded me of the Silmarillion. It was like, oh my god, what's happening? Yes, so confusing. So so much. So much history. Tolkien fantasy universe, very high fantasy, and we see that in both the gameplay and in the aesthetics of the movie, which I will go into. I did take some notes. That was another pretty decent aspect about it. But as it starts out, yeah. in the later expansions, shit just gets really weird. It's like demons and shadow monsters and a whole bunch of other wacky stuff. But as it starts out, it's uh, you know, just a good old fashioned good old fashioned race war. Well, as every compelling mm-hmm. story begins, we got humans and we got orcs, and they hate each other. And they're going at it. And that's where it starts. And Warcraft, the movie, serves as somewhat of a prequel to that. Uh, And we see in the intro, you know, prologue to the film, humans and orcs have been at war since God knows how long. They all hate each other. It's a shit show. How did it start? Which I'd say is an interesting concept. Good concept to take from, you know, this. Good to start at the beginning. At the beginning. Kind of like we talked about with Castlevania. It acts as yeah, somewhat of like a prequel same thing. series based off of the, the third game, prequel one. And so starting from the beginning is good. It makes it very obvious <laughs> that they want to franchise this movie since they're starting from the front. <laughs> and then they have all uh, the game content to go from. But this is a whole new story that they've created. It's in the same universe. This is just the origins of mm. the conflict we see in the game. Yeah. But, well, from, from what I've seen in the lore timeline, that old video... I think the main story of this movie is kind of similar to some of the gameplay or like some of the the game in-game story. Mm. So I I think they take elements but like yeah, it's the same same idea of the orcs invading with the fell magic and mm. you know, you do have that half-breed uh, orc female that's kind of I don't know, playing both sides, uh, bridging the gap between the two races, but but otherwise yeah, I think they're trying to start a little bit more clean slate and I mean, <laughs> don't quote me on that, I guess, because I've never played these games. <laughs> I've never played these from games. From what I've seen of the lore. <laughs> lore research. Uh, yeah, definitely mirrored some of the movie stuff, but yeah. Mm. But anyways. So as the movie starts out, we have, you know, some exposition, as you do. Mm-hmm. Begins, we open, uh, and this is part of what I liked about the movie, is how it does try within the, in the World of Warcraft game you are apparently able to play as either side. You can play as the Alliance, just like the human characters. You could play as um, mm-hmm. the the Horde, as it's called. So, you know, Team Greenskin, nice. which is, you know, that's spicy. And this movie... Not the Team Greenskin, but... <laughs> not the true... That's that stupid. <laughs> <a> stupid joke. <laughs> when it comes to Shrek, there are no stupid jokes. You're right. Warcraft, on the other hand... <laughs> I don't know. They tried to make some jokes, didn't laugh once. But we open true uh, from the orcs' perspective, which I was surprised. But especially having never played the game, I thought it would be a much more cut and dry, you know, people good guys, orcs bad guys type scenario. Yeah, but it's uh, well, it's kind of half. Which the case. it uh, it did start that way in development, I think, because they yeah they announced it back in like 2006. This whole project. Yeah, it kept being delayed. They're trying to bring on some directors. 
this guy named Yu Bull, I think. He's like a filmmaker, but he's like one of the worst filmmakers. <laughs> oh, no. They call him the, I think the critics call him the schlock maestro. The schlock maestro. Which, he had a really bad film, I guess, Alone in the Dark, and that, that was like one of the worst films ever made. Might be a good one to look at for our bad Alone week or something. But Alone in the Dark. But yeah, he tried to make a bid to direct it, and Blizzard was like, uh, no. Uh-huh, <laughs> you, no. you are not qualified. Thanks, no thanks. Alone in the Dark. Yeah, is... they, they went to Sam Raimi, though, which would have been an interesting choice. Uh, good old superhero perspective, I guess. Mm. And then they finally, yeah, finally went to Bowie, who unfortunately, his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer during filming, and then his father died of cancer, like, late in production. He said, like, my film started and ended with cancer. Yikes. It's pretty tragic. Losing David Bowie himself during the filming of this shitty movie. Of this shitty movie. <laughs> Very unfortunate circumstances, but, yeah. But yeah, a lot of a lot of delays. But yeah, I mean, when we finally get it. I, th- I think it was initially they wanted to release it in 2015, but Force Awakens was coming out, so they pushed it back just in time for me to have a nice break from school. And <laughs> here it is, waiting for just me. Just in so. time for you to. So that was nice for you to get it on your your vacation there. Yeah, nothing better than that. I remember I getting out of this movie. Of my time. And we just sat in the car and roasted it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Poor Lucas was like, "Come on, guys, yeah. it wasn't." I think, wasn't that yeah, bad. poor Lucas. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember him saying, "I kind of actually liked I it." Kind of liked and it. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I haven't played enough of the MMO to fully appreciate. I don't it, think but... he has either. <laughs> I don't think he's played any. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't think anyone I know. Has. Oh, Lucas. But you know, five years later, we managed <laughs> to get this glowing review out of it. So, great recommendation, buddy. Absolutely, we appreciate you. <laughs> So what makes nice. this movie so bad? I wanted to ask myself. What makes it? What makes it so bad? So bad. I um, I had sat down and I, you know, I, I watched it again a few times over the weekend, and did a lot of behind the scenes research just to see, uh, you know, what what the the process was of making this, and yeah, I discovered some stuff like like you were saying with all the production shenanigans. But mm-hmm. upon watching it again, I came to. I don't want to say like it, but I did not dislike it as much as I did on my first viewing. It has things to offer. There are things it does well. Yeah. I think that Duncan Jones is a very visual. Should we start with that? Like, start oh, with the good? Yeah. Okay. Maybe some positives? Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably do that. Get those out of the way. <laughs> get the, just run through that real quick. No way he's getting into the roast. Just run through that. And like all, all two on our list of good <laughs> of this movie. Indeed. So what, what, if anything, did you like about the film? Yeah, I, you know, I, I do appreciate the visual effects. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It's a little weird, but, like, I understand the time that they put into it. And they wanted to make it right, you know, since 2006. So I appreciate that they just really wanted to make sure the production was smooth. I'm trying to, I'm glad for the plot, too, that it wasn't so... Orcs versus humans. We had like some humanity elements where it was like mm. both sides have, you know, have both their faults and, you know, and their heroes. A few themes from Shrek, a few motifs. Their uh, orcs are like onions, they have layers. Actually, Duncan Jones, when he was first put into or was approached with the script, yeah, he was very displeased about it being so orcs versus humans. 
and there was no elements for the for the orcs things that we could sympathize with mm. uh, with the orcs um so yeah he was quite disappointed in the script so that's why it became more 50 50 which i i think that's good castlevania does that well we get sympathy from both sides get sympathy from dracula which was crazy uh and in the same way we do get the the sympathetic orc tribe and uh yeah i, I think that's good I, I don't know i think that's all i can really praise it for <laughs> is just yeah the effects and the story or, or the characters i suppose but yes mm. all right i don't know <laughs> do you i would certainly agree with positivity you, you take from that? on the effects i did i wrote a few things down the more i did it um i liked it i think the highlight of the movie definitely is the production value i think it has something to offer yeah everybody especially fans of the game will notice um just like the style and the aesthetics of everything is very true to the vision that they had in the game it's a little i don't know i try i think that they did a great for what they were going for i think they did a great job because the game made yeah. in 1994 all of the armor on the humans is kind of, it's all very blocky uh, yeah. garishly yeah, large right, right. just like pauldrons bigger than their fucking head <laughs> very 90s early 2000s action game all the yeah. <laughs> all the fantasy Whatever heroes pixels they could uh compile they could conjure just... yeah and it was just you know like mm-hmm. the art style at the time um of like the 3d 3d animation art so it was all very large textures and whatnot and mm. i was watching some interviews with the vfx supervisor bill westenhofer he did the VFX and the production designer, Gavin Baquet, 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 God, fuck me, mm. uh, Gavin Baquet. <laughs> they worked very closely in this movie and I it shows. I was seeing nice. behind the scenes of the set design. The shit looks like Disneyland. It's like the Game of Thrones sets <laughs> where it's just, and it, oh, it just blocks worth of set, but and it would only go up like 50 nice. feet and then they'd have blue screen over that. And I think that... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so the CG, there's a surprising amount of practicals. There are things that I thought that were just so large and lavish that I thought they would have had to CG, and they just did a good job CG. Yeah. But it's actually practicals. Wow. The entire okay. the throne room... Uh, that, that does surprise me. For the yeah, humans. That's, that's cool. I'd... Yeah, it was, I thought that was super cool. The production design especially. They had made, according to Gavin Beckwith, over 180 weapons, like fancy weapons. You know, the weapons you see oh, in wow. there. Oh, wow. Cool. So like the heavily ornamented like halberds and all the crazy big ass bone swords like the orcs have and stuff and oh, all that amazing. those were all handmade same thing with the armor um the costumer really just had a, a field day with this shit this is not uh yeah. this is not the 2018 robin hood that we talked about last week where they really just dropped the ball <laughs> <laughs> on the production i think the production is one of the strongest features of this movie um the cg especially the uh you know all the practicals look great they had all the heavily ornamented armor and whatnot um, on the main characters, very true to style for the old Warcraft vision, but not so much, you know, it's not so much 90s fantasy game accuracy that it's like <laughs> obnoxious or distracting. It's definitely stylized to its own thing. This is very distinct yeah. from like other fantasy movies or TV shows and stuff. And I think oh, it fits. Sure. This is a high fantasy setting. It's not like a Game of Thrones or, or you know, the 2010 Robin Hood where everyone needs to look like a dirty medieval peasant. You know, it's high fantasy. There's lots of magic, lots of spectacle. 
And I think that's fits. It's shown very well in um, the production and just it the is, way everything yeah. looks. And it's a cool heightened look too of this fantasy world. Like you know, their armor. They have like these really big shoulder pads. Almost, yeah, the giant ass pauldrons. Yeah, and even like the orc. Um, just yeah, the whole physicality of the orcs mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's really cool. I I do kind of like the look of this uh, universe. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think people who had played the games very grandiose. There's much more to appreciate with it, but seeing what they were trying to mm-hmm. do and knowing that this is a video game adaptation and that they do have source material that they're pulling from, I think they did a great job of staying true to that while also not making it obnoxious to the point where it like distracts the casual viewer who hadn't played the game and are just yeah. here for the soundtrack. Um, another thing, the soundtrack, <laughs> My King, My Prince, Ramin Juwandi. Knocks it yeah. out of the park like he always does. He can do no wrong. I I get oh my god. Any ladies, don't listen to the soundtrack. You will get pregnant. It's that good. <laughs> In everything he does, there's always like some key instrument that just stands out and you know, it just makes whatever that soundtrack for that movie is, whenever you hear it, you go, Oh, that's this soundtrack from this movie. In Pacific Rim, it was the sick ass guitar. And in this movie, it's yeah. the it's the war drums. Big, giant. You can just mm-hmm. tell my man probably had the biggest fucking drum he could find in the set. And he just got the intern to bang on that motherfucker just as hard as he could. <laughs> and it sounds he, he great. Just, he understands uh, in every movie, you know, he just understands the setting. He understands mm-hmm. just the the feel to these universes. And, yeah. and they're also yeah, he different. Absolutely. Well he, does. he does do a lot. So, of yeah, that was cool. That was a cool feature. Yeah. Fantasy. It was good. Good soundtrack on this. Yeah, but great soundtrack. That that was another thing I liked. And while those practicals are great, I think Weston Hoffer's VFX really takes the cake on that one. They're seamlessly integrated with one another. The CGI is was straight up groundbreaking for the time. Like the facial animations we got was, on yeah. 2018's Thanos. This is <laughs> this is the precedent that was set. Or attributed to this for them yeah. to top. They had gotten Nice. That's good. A stupid amount of money was thrown into the movie. I think also they were following. Why do I keep referencing Hobbit? <laughs> but yeah, I think they were. Uh, they took notes from from the Hobbit trilogy. Don't um, just some of the <laughs> don't overuse the CGI. Some of the, <laughs> yeah, the CGI uh, difficulties that Peter Jackson had. I think they just like even improved upon even that and took notes on that and then just yeah, sword. Yeah, which yeah, again. It, did pay off. There were practicals whenever they could use them, you know, yeah. especially with the set Which, and stuff. Again, surprises me. This this does look like a very pristine CGI movie. It's, yeah. So that's that's cool. It's glossy, but not like not like a Riddick movie we talked about, <laughs> where all the monsters. <laughs> right. are, it's very glossy CGI. It looks real. It looks pretty gritty. What's there? Um, the movie had a budget of $160 million, a lot of which went to the VFX studio called ILM. Oh, Industrial Light Magic. Yep. Hell yeah. These are who Weston Hoffer described as the Tyrannosaurus Rex of VFX. And he was right. You know, they. Oh, yeah. This, I mean. They do hell, it's, crazy it's, shit. That's what Star Wars uh, was the, the birth. The birth. Of it all. ILM, yeah. They had that. They had done, and ILM, you know, they went balls deep in Warcraft. They had developed entirely new rendering software and just like they made a whole new program just for the orc's hair. So for their hair moving around, they like made that up from scratch how to do that. And it looks great. And the CGI, (laughs) while beautiful on the set and everything, really shines with the orcs. This is 
believe this movie won an award yes. for the best facial mocap uh, at the time because it was oh, at really? the time the best facial mocap. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw a few. Like, yeah, even like performance accolades. Just yeah, with mocap, that the whole transitioning. Yeah, that was cool. It especially shows and and it definitely yeah. And and the main orc too. Uh, I forget the actor's name. Toby Kebbell, the one who plays Duratan. Yeah, Kobe Kebbell. Yeah. yeah, I I thought that was a great performance. Mm-hmm. That was like the best, like one of the best performances. Him and uh, whoever the uh, the father was that saw his son die. I forget his name. Oh, that so, was yeah. Travis I feel like they were like Rumble. the only yeah. like good actors in this film. <laughs> Everyone else was kind of sleepwalking through it. I liked uh, I liked the villain Daniel Wu. He's um, sort of like a Chinese action star. He was in Man with the Iron Fists, and he was in... Oh, nice. Yeah, he was in the new Tomb Raider movie, um, as well as, like, the Geostorm oh. one. Um, but he, I was watching interviews with him. He had taken this movie because uh, his wife is a big Warcraft fan. He said he wasn't going to do any movies for a oh, while because nice. he had just had a kid. And he's like, babe, I got an audition. She's like, you can't do it. You have a baby. And he's like, it's for Warcraft. And she's like, all right. Get out there. <laughs> now you got to do it. <laughs> All right. And he's <laughs> sold. He's like a character actor. Go do your thing. Um, so he has a very <laughs> dynamic range, and I think he really sunk into the gold Goldan role. If you look at pictures I, of this guy. I didn't realize he he was the, the villain. He was. That's, that's pretty awesome. He's like a hip young man, and he plays this crotchety ass. Yeah, he plays creepy this. Creepy yeah, warlock yeah. orc yeah. thing. So, oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, he's definitely. And, and of course, Clancy Brown shows up, too. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Lancey Brown's in there. <laughs> yeah, he's like the big orc thing or whatever. <laughs> big black hand one. Made. Yeah, so he's right-hand man to the villain. Yeah. <laughs> you got Toby Kebbell as Durakan, Duratan, so, and he's sort of like the emotional or the moral center of the orc side of the film. And that mm-hmm. it even opens on that, you know? <laughs> uh, Duncan Jones, he knew that this yeah. was a strong suit of the movie, and so he opened on that. And you see in Duratan's face, like, Kebbell's performance, and I was looking at behind-the-scenes stuff of the mocap, and eye movements and little mannerisms like with the lips and just yeah. the nose like the sniffles and it's all exaggerated on the giant orc face <laughs> all of that and it's i was cool. like wow it's, it's such a fun transition i yeah it's very fascinating uh mocap and all that even red dead we see with it's it's just cool it's a cool yeah performative um theatrics that's becoming more prominent which is kind of exciting to see, but photorealistic. There's a lot of cool animation in. I don't know if it, have you seen the Netflix one, uh, Love, Death, and Robots or something. Uh, no. It's like Love, a it's a series of like uh, little mini. It's like a mini series, like short films. Nice. They're all animated and revolving around like either love, death, or the concept of robots. Uh, it's all very rare. <laughs> variety of uh, of animation arts has a lot of photorealistic ones in there, and shit, those look good. Amazing. But yeah. Those were those were very much what I liked about Warcraft. The other one, uh, the other thing I liked was the choreography. I thought the fights were pretty good. Uh, all the yeah, actors are fun. fun action sequences. Yeah. yeah, they're all they all have the physicality. Except for the whole, <laughs> what was it like the the whole what is it throne room where he's like using fell magic and stuff and he's getting corrupted. I just thought that was so. I don't know. I, I hate that, that was a little scene. hammy, and I think that has a lot the to do with rock monster with Ben Foster's like sleepwalking performance <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, oh god, as the yeah. wizard Medv Medv Mediv. Oh, fuck me, <laughs> the Guardian. That was that was not that was it wasn't a good performance. Not the best. I, I would say the yeah. best performances are the mocapped ones. Toby Kebbell, um, yeah, Daniel Wu yeah. killed it. Robert Kaczynski, who was also in Pacific Rim, he was one of the Australian pilots. He was the son. 
He plays Ogrim oh, in this movie. Yeah. I think those mocap performances were the best ones. Um, mm-hmm. As for, I think that also had to do with the fact that the orcs ended up getting a little more, a little more characterization. Found the humans to be a little flat in that, but that was what I liked in the movie. Is basically every visual yeah, yeah. aspect. I, I didn't mind Travis Fimmel too as, as the military commander. I think he was doing his best. His character really didn't have a lot. He was doing his best for, for what he had. To, no, I mean it was very one-dimensional character. But yeah. yeah, for what he had, I mean he he committed to it. <laughs> so good on him. But that was what humans I, really sucked in this they, movie. They did. They did. I was bored almost every time they were on screen. I was like, yeah. take me back <laughs> to the orgs. But, you know, I'm sure those scenes are expensive. <laughs> it probably costs like. But I, I'm glad. I'm glad with the CGI, too. It did pay off because, yeah, this this surpassed Prince of Persia <laughs> in the highest grossing video game uh, movie. It's even up there. Like Detective Pikachu is kind of creeping up on it. Mm. But like it still remains the highest grossing, so I'm glad it beat out Sonic. Even some, you know, there was some. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess it paid off. It was by no means about this movie. a flop of a movie. It had a budget of 160 million. On yeah. Wikipedia here it says it made almost 450 million dollars. That's a lot of money. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the cult following that Warcraft as a franchise has yeah. just around the world. Um, and a lot of people sure, wanted to go very... see that. I mean, they've they've been teased for since you know since two thousand six. Yeah, so two thousand six. That movie. They've been long awaited for mm-hmm. I'm sure with the fans. Yeah, and people have wanted so it. They were ready. I'm sure they were just blowing smoke up this movie's ass at like BlizzCon or whatever. Like, hey, look, we <laughs> yeah. got a movie, movie coming out. Well, yep. Oh, <laughs> dangling in front. Of I know a little whatever. dangle. That's what I liked about it. I'll do a quick, quicky little plot synopsis. <laughs> a speed rod, Spitfire. And then we'll go into, then we'll just roast the shit out of it. Fire. So, orcs versus humans. The orc world is dying because the orc leader uses spooky death magic to power all his spells and shit. And he's basically just sucked Fel all the life magic. out of the world. Fell magic is provided by some creepy demon who I'm just going to call Fell because I don't remember his actual name. Uh, he uses <laughs> spooky death magic to conjure a portal to Earth. So I guess orcs are kind of like aliens in this. He gets a yeah, big fat horde. I think they reside on different planets, all these factions and everything. Mm. It's interesting, but yeah, uh, like some weird cosmology um, with the lore. lore. It's like very Silmarillion. It's like the creation of the... Yes, they use the last bit of life left that's not orc horde uh, on their planet to conjure a portal to another world. It's human world land, the land of Azeroth. They come in, big ass warband, and they just start kidnapping people up. And it's up to uh, it's up to Travis Fimmel's Lothar, Ben Foster's Mediv, the Guardian, and Ben Schnetzer's uh, apprentice wizard Cadgar to go out and and see what's what. Oh, I can't say all these. I can't say these names. I hate every human. It's <laughs> so bad. The apprentice was, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Who's this derpy, like, geek-looking dude in this movie? <laughs> it looks like, like, it looks like literal con people, just, like, <laughs> dude, just look dressing like... up, like, cosplaying as Warcraft. The, some, just, like, LARPers running really around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it literally looks like Wandering that. around like, oh in God. the CGI forest. Uh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> It's up to them to see what's what. Uh, you know, they find out what's going on. They try and form an alliance to come out. Uh, one of the orc warband's chieftains, Duratan, that's the one played by uh, mm-hmm. Toby Kebble. He's having second thoughts about using horrible death magic. Having some cold feet. He's getting some cold feet. His wife just had a kid and then I think died. And despite Goldan using spooky death magic to bring his uh, baby back to life, 
Uh, he's he's you know he's a little iffy on the subject of killing entire worlds for like a spell, and you know so they go back and forth. Shenanigans ensue. Lots of people get kidnapped. Duratan gets his ass kicked in a ring fight uh, and dies. Duratan fucking dies in this. I was like, oh no, not the best character. Ooh. Now who do I have to root for? Yep. <laughs> Just these no, fucking people. I, yeah. <laughs> Nothing matters at that point. <laughs> ben Foster's ass? No, thank you. <laughs> no. God, Turns God, out no. Ben Foster's guardian wizard was secretly uh, also using death magic all along, and that's what cued, that's what put Earth on the radar for the spooky orcs. Final battle <laughs> ensues. Lothar in a horrible, yeah, throne room fight that I really hate. A horrible CGI with that like... rock monster. <laughs> uh, and uh, just seeing them on screen, just seeing these larpers, these larpers, have a final boss fight. I'm like, <laughs> ew. <laughs> disgusting it was yeah the, the, the pacing's a little <laughs> yes yeah does that goes uh and again ensue uh dominic cooper is in this movie he plays the king and i don't know mm. if you remember a few a few episodes ago i had told you i had for many years oh, shit. howard stark yeah oh my God. i had thought that dominic cooper and um Fuck, what's his name? Oh, Carl Urban. Was it Carl Urban? <laughs> I thought that Dominic yeah. <laughs> Cooper and Carl Urban were the same person. <laughs> and when I saw this movie in nope, 2016, that's, that's I definitely, that thought that thought also was present. <laughs> I was like... I mean, they have very prominent eyebrows. They have eyebrows, I mean, I can, they have the, see the, the same fucking beard, the same jaw and chin. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> I get them confused so They're much. They're pretty similar, huh? I was like, wow, Carl Urban, look at him go in, in Mamma Mia and in Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good i feel the same way with like all the bradley coopers or brad pitts and i'm like ah, who's what what brad is who i thought i get it. i thought i get your confusion well, yeah i don't know i thought the one in hunger games was thor for a while as um, i have no oh really no reason to be doing this podcast i have zero credibility <laughs> in anything zero if i ever say an actor's name with you buddy please fact check me because there's like a 90 percent chance it's just a similar looking actor <laughs> our podcast is just gonna get fact checked all over yeah, social media every, now. yeah every instagram post we make is gonna it's gonna have the little tab underneath like this post was deemed false <laughs> by independent fact checkers false by independent fact yep wow that is so i was under i was under the impression that carl urban was in this movie but he wasn't it was dominic cooper and you can bet i didn't realize that until uh until i watched again for the second time over the weekend i was like fuck that's wow. not carl Carl he's in it he has nothing to wow. do as yeah, do yeah. most of the humans in this movie but yes final battles ensue while they manage to free the the enslaved humans so that goldan can't use his spooky death magic to bring the remainder of the orcs over from their planet there's still a fat old horde left the potential for more to come and the king is dead the guardian is dead every interesting character is dead sequel bait sequel bait end of story sequel bait yep. so in your opinion isaac why I thought this was named warcraft the beginning do you think this is the beginning of something the <laughs> beginning of the credits it's one of the titles hopefully. for this film at least that's it. Wait, what? Beginning of the credits. Oh, I yep. hope beginning of the, yeah. beginning, of the credits. beginning and the wow. end. Oof. Gets the, the end. Best case scenario, it gets the Jupiter Ascending treatment, and we just never see a sequel. Yep. And we've just 
never see it unless we I, have to rewatch it again for a review. I suppose I wouldn't mind a sequel to this movie if they like, you know, make it a little better. I think there are things there's a good movie in there somewhere. It would have been a god awful, horrible, irredeemable movie if they did go with that first draft you were talking about where it was black and white, orcs were just bad guys, humans were just the good guys, because the humans are the least relatable characters in the story. (laughs) They are. I think the worst... It would have been so stale. (laughs) Staler than it is now. (laughs) The worst offender is is Anduin Lothar. That's Travis Fimmel's character. He's the guy from Vikings. Lothar is Mm. essentially just a walking checkbox of everything like a good action hero is. You know, he's he's a leader. He kicks a lot of ass. He has like one thing he cares about, which is his son, and that's kind of it. His yeah, cool beard. Son. He's got the Kratos treatment. He's got that. Yeah, he's got that Kratos beard and son combo, which apparently is all you need to make a good character. I just finished God of War actually, and my God, is it good? <laughs> my God of War. Nice. That's a good father-son road trip story, unlike Warcraft, Amazing. which is not. Probably have to review that. We should. We will. Here pretty soon. For sure. Need to do that very soon. Uh, but yes. So Berkeley Duffield plays Callan, who is, um, is the son of Lothar. He's like a little normie soldier in the army. And everyone's just given, everyone in the army is given full plate. That's how loaded this kingdom is. And everyone is just hella dripped. Everybody gets full plate. Uh, they really Heavily are. ornamented. Shoulders are <laughs> armor, heavily guarded. Like, <laughs> embossed lions are on everything the economy of this kingdom is god i'd rather watch a movie about that it's thriving, <laughs> it's thriving. That yeah. or, there's probably like 90 percent of the population just living in squalor absolute it looks like the 2018 <laughs> robin hood shanty town is that this king this shitty Ooh. king the king from mamma mia <laughs> the king from mamma mia can drip out every soldier in his army yeah which i'm sure there's plenty of lore on there might there might be a weird uh, hierarchical uh, societal thing which might might prove to be a better sequel or a better story. If any listener to, out there at, I guess. is a Warcraft fan, please DM me about the obscure military industrial complex of Azeroth because that's the kind of weird shit I'm into <laughs> in the fictional history department. <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> what are the tax rates? You know how how do what kind of military contracts do they have? Is it like because this is like seems like the medieval version of just Dick Cheney's America. This army is so yeah. bouged up and bloated. <laughs> I'm like, damn, how are these orcs even stand in a chance? And then you look at the orcs and they're like ten feet tall, made of pure fucking muscle, and you're like, wow, how do these little humans stand a chance? If you watch, uh, you know, really do. And behind the behind the scenes are pretty entertaining because you know the actual actors in the mocap suits aren't nine feet tall. Oh, right, yeah, they're just white monsters. <laughs> it's a little more, uh, most of a little more even. <laughs> most of them are like pretty tubby from the looks of it. It's kind of uh, <laughs> it reminds me of like James Spader's Uh-oh. Ultron. Have you seen behind the scenes of oh, James yeah. Spader yeah, as Ultron? It's just like his fifty year old dad bod ass <laughs> in the little tight <laughs> in the morph suit <laughs> with the dots. <laughs> you know, like this intimidating robot killing machine. It's kinda like that. Yep. That's muffin top. You have the muffin yeah. top in there. <laughs> That's what most of it looks like. So you see the behind the scenes of the action, pretty entertaining. Uh, and then to cut back to the movie where like this six foot tall dude is just effortlessly carving apart these gigantic muscly orcs probably have like 400 pounds on them maybe not with that plate on that looks like some heavy ass armor 
that's or maybe i don't know maybe it's uh, imbued with magical substance to make it lighter i don't know oh my god they're again lore that will we need answers (laughs) they're enchanting the armor now that has to be even more expensive (laughs) how many (laughs) how many schools do you think they closed so that they could enchant the full plate they're putting on every soldier (laughs) how many arts programs got cut (laughs) so that they can have that And Azeroth, by the time the orcs show up, Azeroth is basically at peace because the armies, they don't even do anything. They have uh, a wizard called the Guardian. There's like some Illuminati of wizards uh, and they basically Mm -hmm. just train up some ultra Chad wizard who one and one at a time, they become the Chad wizard known as the Guardian. And that guy basically just solves all the problems because they have such ridiculous magic. They're just God. And so the soldiers don't Mm -hmm. even have to do anything. This is just... This is, yeah, so Azeroth's military industrial complex is bloated as. <laughs> Interesting perspective I did not think about. Bush would yeah, bust a society. fucking nut watching this movie. I'll tell you that right <laughs> he now. He really would. <laughs> you know what? I bet King. Azeroth drone strikes. For... Azeroth, yeah, I bet King Lane, as he's called, Dominic Cooper's character, King fucking King Mamma Mia, I bet he planned, you know, some sort of medieval 9-11 to get, you know, this oh, army greenlit some some sort of inside yeah. job greenlit with fell magic greenlit fell magic <laughs> it all connects fell magic doesn't melt steel beams <laughs> that's that's my take on the azeroth army and yet they still just get fucking washed by these orcs at every turn aside from yeah. the main characters the main characters blow them up with a wave of their hand including uh, apprentice wizard cadgar also the world's most <laughs> unfuckable name cadgar <laughs> Played by Ben Schnetzer. Yeah. That's the one. He's the, the LARPiest looking one out of the bunch. I liked the costumes. I think they were cool. Um that one yeah. that one's pretty LARPy. Again, but it just <laughs> it looks like just looks like a cosplay like website that it is. These dudes just bought from and then they, they're just running Probably around. Probably because most cosplays in the world are based around the World of Warcraft video game. And so we're just so used to seeing yeah. that style of like <laughs> fantasy attire on, you know, a bunch of fat nerds uh, on the internet that when we do see it on, you know, movie stars in a $160 million movie, we're like <laughs> a bunch of LARPers. Yep. Like, uh, you're just too used to it. Looks it. like the climax of, of role models where Paul Rudd and <laughs> the guy from American Pie just throw on their, their LARP outfits. That's that's the aesthetic. That's the, that's the vibe we're getting. But that's that, that's that movie. I think the story. I don't know where where would you say the movie falls short, the hardest. Falls short the hardest. Um. Oh man. I just yeah. I I think the story is fine. I just I don't know. I'm trying to like pinpoint what exactly it really just makes it all wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's a mix of things. You know. It's just I don't know. The execution just on all elements just doesn't mm. connect. I, I just yeah maybe some of the looks of the actors not so not so great, just the stale you know one dimensional human characters that you're supposed to sympathize with, mm-hmm. um and I don't I don't know I don't, I don't think it works maybe the human characters maybe that's where it just falls the short. The human characters. Yeah. I think the orcs are the most interesting, and we just we don't care about the actual like you know heroes of the story. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe that's where it really falls short. I would agree, especially if they're trying to play this more of like, uh, you know, this grayish war where both sides have a justification 
Um, there are characters on each side that are interesting. I'd say on the human side, yeah. probably, I hate to say it, Cadgar is probably the most interesting one, and he's not very interesting. <laughs> Lothar is as one-dimensional an action hero as you can get. He's basically just there to look cool and kick ass, which I'd be fine if that was his whole character, if he wasn't like the main human character. <laughs> uh, and we have yeah. Cadgar. He's a young apprentice wizard. As we find out, he's probably definitely going to be the next guardian because he's like way better at magic than he should be for someone his age. And there's like some other yeah, some other thing that he happens when he goes to like Illuminati. He's got the quick hands. Wizard town. He does. He got the quick, quick draw. He ain't never caught lacking. <laughs> He'd be reading a book not, and some orc pulls not, up. Not our man, Cadgar. And he disintegrates that thing. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> I mean, maybe caught you lacking ever, in bed. You ever fuck with? You don't fuck with your boy Cadgar. That's the. You hear that name, you, that strikes fear into my heart. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> is, oh, God. Yeah. Terrifying. That is the that is the the name of Asgard. That is the name. It's gangster shit, Cadgar. That's gangster shit. Yeah. And his, his whole oh, plot line is he's sort of like this, I don't know, chosen one-esque, like Arthurian hero. Uh, in my fantasy... Which, that, that is a big part of the warcraft lore i've noticed is that yeah there is this chosen one guardian entity yeah. that passes on mm-hmm. to each thing so that's it's cool i don't it's a cool little it's like a little jedi trait I yeah guess, which is fun or eugenics whichever you whichever however you however you want to interpret that <laughs> yeah no orc can be chosen no orc can be the chosen <laughs> one back to where you came from i don't mind those sort of mythical Jungian hero elements in fantasy stories i think that's yeah. It's always fun. Those are the origins of fantasy stories is, you know, myth and monsters and stuff and those those old fables and tales yeah. that are all based on on that and the similarity that they bear to each other around the world is, you know, through that kind of hero's journey-esque. That's what connects them all. That's kind of, you know, the, the human condition, what like the hero we all want to see in everyone. So, you know, as tropey as it is in a fantasy story, if I had to see it anywhere, it'd be in a fantasy story. I'd say that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. That's where it originated from. It- it definitely does. So seeing that yep. in Warcraft, I don't mind. He was entertaining enough. He's kind of a derp. Um, I think Ben Schnetzer did a pretty all right job with what he was given. Same with Travis Fimmel uh, as Lothar, Lothar, however you fucking say it. <laughs> uh, but again, he's the most interesting one. And he's not very interesting. He's basically just the Chad wizard, and that's it. And all of the other human characters don't really have a lot going on. The best orc character, Durotan, it dies like two thirds of the way through the movie. <laughs> he gets killed by Goldan, yeah. who is the most cookie cutter evil villain you <laughs> yeah. can think of. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just straight voodoo evil. He's like he's you know he gets his powers from sucking the life out of people because some demon lord taught him how to do it, and he just wants to use death magic all the yeah. time. And so that that also kind of hinders that story a little bit as to because you don't really care about either side. You end up just not really caring because the yeah, humans. Not, yeah. And and I think, too, with the I don't know, the sympathetic orc, too. Like, yeah, he there's not really a oh, what's it called? It's payoff. There's not a payoff, I think, to his. Yeah. Where it, it almost it almost was a payoff where the orcs were like, oh, he cheated. Yep, you know, yep, 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 yep. They, they started to say it. And I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, like he just he just caused like a kind of an uprising, mm-hmm. or you know, a, a nice little rebellion, you know, in the ways of yeah, this this orc chieftain, which was cool, but it didn't. I don't think there was really a payoff for it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, he's kind of 
He dies almost for nothing. He does. Doesn't inspire anything. That's probably the most frustrating part. And that is therein what makes the orcs as a faction. It's like their most redeemable feature. Yes, they're violent savages, but they do they do have a code, a moral compass. Um the production designer had as well as Duncan Jones, they a lot of the the features of both the orcs and the humans took a lot of inspiration from both the source material from the game as well as um real world things. So the orcs are based off of, you know, like nomadic warrior tribes. Mongols, um, ones in Africa and even like uh, Eastern Europe and whatnot throughout history. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at that in like the the environmental storytellings when they're tents and stuff. It's all very um, those kind of like nomadic warrior tents, but they're all made out of, out of the bones of like the giant crazy animals, whatever fauna yeah. used to live on their planet. And so they do have like, you know, like a warrior's code. They have a culture and whatnot. And Durotan's arc was seeking to sort of exploit that, not really exploit it, but just sort of remind them of those those honorable roots and how Gul'dan the villain is uh, is going against that with his evil death magic. And I thought that the way he died would have been great, that he was willing to, because he knows that because in their thing, if you have an issue, you 1v1 him. You 1v1 a person. So he's like, Gul'dan, I think you're a yeah. bitch. And and it helps too, yeah. And it helps too that he's like a, an outsider tribe, like yeah. More, it's a more like northern tribe or something. So, yeah, they're they're like far away. Located. But it's a cool outsider perspective mm-hmm. on their main hierarchical society. They're even shown visually to be different from the other ones because the orcs, uh, the only ones who are yeah. green, are the ones who have been emboldened by fell magic, and all of his orcs are like you know regular colored orcs. I guess they're like tan. But yeah, and I I agree. They're the like, <laughs> they're the uh, what is it? The really pale because they've haven't seen the sun on their. <laughs> they're they're like the European orcs, European orcs. very very far northern. That's why orcs, they're the right guess, ones. I don't know. They're the right. One. <laughs> I don't I'll know be. what the themes are behind that <laughs> that artistic decision. <laughs> Interpret that as you will. But yeah, he is different from <laughs> from the evil orcs, and he and there are other orcs who could sympathize with. They just need to be sort of reminded. Of their warrior roots. So he calls out Gul'dan. He's like, Gul'dan, you're a bitch. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass and prove myself right. Because he knows that the only way Gul'dan's going to yeah. win is if he uses spooky death magic and cheats. So he knows, like, he's got yep. the what she does. He's got him by the balls. He's like, I'm either going to beat this guy in a 1v1 and be, like, the new leader, or he's going to use spooky death magic to beat me and therefore oust himself as, you know, a villain with no respect for orc culture. And everyone's going to hate him. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a pretty clever way to defeat it's the cool. villain yeah. it's not just and it's a cool mm-hmm. right. and uh and that none of the orcs really cared they after didn't. that though they were like oh, goldan uj we see goldan suck this guy's soul out he gives him like the best head of his life he just they're, they were like huh he kind of cheated but eh. he kind of cheated they just like shrugged they were off. pissed like, at him for a total of 10 seconds and then one orc stepped up to be like hey that's not cool and he just sucked his soul out right away and everyone was like all right um <laughs> never mind <laughs> I guess we're. I, I mean, guess we're I guess if you, if I saw that, I, I probably wouldn't call out that person. Either, I guess I would, yeah. lest I be also get my soul sucked. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, uh, and we even see later on in the film how Lothar, you know, I don't think he intentionally does it because he knows nothing about orc culture. He gets kidnapped by the orcs, and he offers to one v one the orc who killed his son, and he beats him, and the orcs mm-hmm. just let him go because you know that's their thing. He won, so. He gets to leave. And Goldan tries to stop him then. He's like, kill that guy. And they're like, no, we respect our warrior customs. 
even though they didn't like 20 uh-huh. minutes earlier when their chieftain got killed yeah, 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> when that very person so i guess that's a minor payoff it was, but it still yeah, is stupid it was a payoff for the wrong person i feel like one of those should yeah, have wrong person wrong reason, one of those yeah. should have happened first like the lothar one should have happened first to establish how much these orcs respect yeah. their customs and then duratan does his thing his little 1v1 with the villain and either you know he gets his he dies and he dies for a cause which i i think it's so funny that he's all like hunchback and then when he's like in a 1v1 fight then he like or then he stands up it was like a normal posture i was like what that was very anime of him when he throws the cape off and he's fucking ripped yeah. underneath and then he and then he just stands up and he gains like Built. three feet in height he's fucking stack he's <laughs> just stack. Yeah. he's like slim thick we thought he was Which like. Which I suppose you could say that's his facade. He's a very facade, facade very Palpatine. I don't know, but very Palpatine of him. And I say that's that's it. Is the movie just and based on what you described from production, it just doesn't really know what it wants to be, especially in the story nah. department. <laughs> this also has to do with uh, another character we haven't mentioned yet, the half orc, the only one that we see in the show, Paula Patton's Garona. Oh yeah. From Mission Impossible. Yes, from Mission Impossible 4. She sort of inherits, she has been the one who's kind of been the bridge between them. She joins the Orc Horde while she's just sort of in the Horc Horde. She's like Gul'dan's bitch, Mm -hmm. pretty much. How she came to be, we don't know. Although in the novelization, she is confirmed to be uh, Ben Foster's daughter in it. So the Chad Ultra Wizard, who had been secretly, you know, dipping just the tip into spooky demon magic. I don't know. I don't know what this guy He's using d- fell magic to get some orc to just I don't know. I guess I mean the land was at peace. He didn't really have much to do. I mean when we saw him he was just like making a clay golem. So I guess if you were the most powerful being wow. on the planet, you can like move dimensions at will and shit. Would you not just go try and flap some alien cheeks, I guess? I guess from so as if you're that powerful, from what he thought he he probably thought the orcs would never find their way back to earth he's like you know what whatever it's cool it's cool i'm the only person ever who can go between worlds i'll just go in there find a nice orcish dommy mommy <laughs> they're all everyone's just jacked in orc society shrek is love shrek is like yeah you find some nice shrek lady to just, like step on his neck or something i don't know what he's into i do it for shrek so anyway by some means or another that is vaguely explained in the novelization and not at all in the movie a half work comes to be Corona, played by Paula Patton, and Paula Patton yeah. is—I don't know. She's all right. I feel like she's a little, she's a little muggy. She's pretty comical I'm with not the lie. camera. Yeah, I don't know. A all over the place. I watched them behind yeah, the this scenes. This isn't her best performance. She seemed—I <laughs> feel bad. She seemed really committed to the role. Like she just benched, you know, her her stunt double because she was like, "No, I can do it all." And she'd like done a whole bunch of martial arts yeah. training and stuff for the role, but it was kind of it's kind of mad. This is kind of a mad performance. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was the teeth, yeah, like the tiny the teeth best. she got, because all the other orcs were were mocap because they're like full orcs. But she's a half orc, so they basically just gamored her ass, where they just put her in green makeup, they just did. full full body green makeup. And maybe she, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, I think her mentality maybe wasn't a hundred percent in this whole fantasy, or it's it's hard to do. Uh, yeah. You know, you're a half orc, half human. It's kind of hard to put yourself in that situation, yeah. I guess, as an actor. But and so I, I don't, don't know. know. I just don't think she fully realized what she was doing or what she was in. Uh, yeah, her performance was all right. And but good, good effort on her part, though. It was, a, <laughs> it was a a for effort. 
Paula. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it was the teeth because, you know, the other orcs, they got just some dots on their face and they got like full range of motion for their feelings. <laughs> she had oh, these two little dumbass teeth like sticking up out of her lip. You could tell she like struggled to talk through them because she basically with oh, those God, had yeah. no use of her upper lip because <laughs> she had to keep it tucked in <laughs> so that she could have the oh, teeth yeah, sticking yeah. out because they weren't big That's enough true. so that when she opened her mouth, her mouth wouldn't cover it. Like, if she opened her mouth all the way and closed it, I'm pretty sure her lips would just cover the teeth. But, you know, I'm, the, <laughs> the costume was like, you better keep these fucking teeth out. We spent three hours putting them in. <laughs> you better keep that other part of the yeah, character. But might as well just try to make it work. So, yeah, she's, I don't know, she just yeah. ended up looking a little derpy. Your dialogue was all right. You don't really know what her motivations are. And I think that's intentional. Like, what side is she on? Is she human or orc? And she... At the end of the film. Adds to what they were trying to do with the story. Yeah. And that's like the bridge between both. And at the end of the film, know, she sort commonalities of between the... assumes the role of, of Duratan in being the only orc with a moral compass at this point. Because everyone else is just is just Goldan's whipping boy. It was an interesting sacrifice to a sacrificial play that she had to do. Yes. The... To like maintain <laughs> neutrality, which was cool, I guess. Is it, it, I, I mean, sure. I don't know. I think that's not a bad idea. Not a bad concept, but. It was, it was, something. but it was really forced, forced romance, really bad. I don't know. It's just not good chemistry. Not good chemistry. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I think just with the performances, the characterization and the story, the movie, the movie stumbles. I wouldn't say it falls flat on its face. Yeah. It was a big hit in a lot of places, especially with Warcraft fans. But I think for casual audiences, too much lore is thrown at you at once. Never thought I'd have to say that ever. <laughs> but yeah too much yeah things are thrown is, at you and not explained i was definitely confused the entire time <laughs> when i first watched it and kind of still am but that's 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 my hot takes anything else hot takes <laughs> for warcraft <laughs> i'm i'll never watch this movie again. <laughs> would you watch a warcraft sequel would i watch a warcraft sequel i th- i think maybe i don't know i well but I'd have to see the reviews first. If I, if they're good. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a give it a give shot. Give it a shot. If I were to, as vengeance for that time, you made me watch all the Hobbit extended editions. I ask you to watch <laughs> um, the Warcraft extended edition with me because there were extra soundtrack bits from Rum and Juwani that we didn't hear in the original cut. Would you join me for that? Sure. Nice. I guess that is a. a I guess that is justice, <laughs> justice for what I've done to you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a deal. All right. Well, Warcraft, folks. Warcraft. That's it. Warcraft. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's Warcraft. Thanks so much for <laughs> listening in. Uh, let us know what we missed with our Warcraft lore. Keep us up to date. Keep us in the loop. Keep us in the loop. Uh, we have a Facebook discussion post. We got Instagram. We're on TikTok. Trying to be e-boys now we're on all those platforms check us out uh like subscribe all that jazz and thanks for watching thank you so much for watching do dm me about the azeroth economy i want to know what happened what was <laughs> i want to know who orchestrated whatever uh, how did how do they get yeah there? whatever 9-11-esque event led to them having like the most bloated army in the land despite there being nothing but peace um and and just what's what's the economics behind that i want to know that's the weird shit I'm into. I will for sure. So, DM me. Links below good. in the description of the podcast as to our social media as well as email if you'd like to have a more formal professional discussion. Thank you. Remember that Trek is love and Trek is life.
Amen. Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now. <laughs>